0: The,
1: the Melody, Melody
0: Feed Seed. Podcast. Rock and
1: roll music. music, 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 music,
0: This is a conversation about music. your vibrational basis. Oh my God! Wow.
2: Yeah! yeah. Ah. Music. Huh, music. reggae music.
1: By
0: the Trial and Error Collective. Collective. Hey, everybody. This is the Melody Feed Podcast. And this is Mike.
1: And this is Parisa.
2: And this is Noe.
0: Very excited to have our friend Noe on as our expert guest. Today, we're going to be talking about music from video games.
1: Woo-hoo, video game soundtracks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was uh, super excited about this just because. Um, so for our our blog, uh, Trial and Error Collective, um, for as long as I've known Noé, he's always incorporated a lot of really, you know, we do like various playlists, and I'd see he'd always kind of throw in some video game soundtracks in there, and because of that, it made me more interested to look back on it because, um, you know, it's something that subconsciously I've taken in my whole life. So, yeah, was curious to learn more and to have this conversation with Noe. So thank you so much for being our guest today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to nerding out.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: And we're, we're probably uh, going to be asking a lot of questions because uh, I'm definitely not, you know, too much of an expert in video game music, although video games definitely were around when I was growing up. But
1: Totally. Yeah, I, I played a lot, but... Um, <laughs> It's funny because, like, I have a PS4, but I'm still I'm still playing my same PS1 games from, like, 92, so <laughs> I, the soundtracks I know, I know very well, I'll say that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, so, Noe, do you want to tell us a little bit just about, yeah, your interest in general in, you know, video games and video game soundtracks and, you know, how you got into it and kind of, yeah, I guess what you're playing a lot these
2: days. Yeah, sure. So... Yeah, I guess I've played video games since I was a kid. I guess I was born in ninety-four. So I think like yeah, I had some of the older consoles, but I can't barely remember. Like I think my first childhood console was Nintendo 64. And nice. I think I've been playing since then, like every new generation I like get the console and like play it. Like mostly like PlayStation and Nintendo. But definitely like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a big nostalgia part to it. Just like, you know, remembering the music from the games I played. Uh i always appreciated like you know the compositions they're like really good they have a lot of energy and like since they're like trying to get you into a game world they also are very atmospheric and like like know how to paint a picture and like create a world so i've always appreciated that and yeah i I've always been interested just going back to play old games and like seeing how things have changed over time and these days uh yeah, I, st- I, started, I downloaded an emulator, I was playing Super Nintendo games, uh, I was playing Final <laughs> Fantasy VI, but right now I'm just like playing Hades on the, on the Switch, it's like a, my obsession game, just like play it over and over. <laughs> nice.
1: What was like uh, your favorite game growing up?
2: Uh, I don't know, like Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Super Mario 64, like, you know, the touchstone games of the console.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> the
0: essentials
2: (laughs) (laughs) the classics
1: yeah one thing i like um that you brought up too when we were talking earlier is just kind of comparing a video game soundtrack to film soundtracks and how they kind of reach a similar goal um if you want to talk a little bit more about that too yeah
2: like i feel they're a bit similar in many ways but also very different like I think, yeah, both soundtracks are trying to, you know, create a mood, create an atmosphere, like tell a story, you know, like when there's a climax, you'll, the music will get more intense, that kind of stuff. But, but I feel like the differences and, sorry, the similarities end there and like game music, I guess first, like, I guess we'll talk about that a bit later, but I know like just like the hardware limitations game music had, like made it like very different. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also like, you know the director of a movie can control like the exact time something happens but in a video game you don't really get that right like it's up to the player when what happens when in many times so interesting yeah so yeah the music needs to be a bit more like like general let's say like it needs to capture the the mood of the moment or of the place but not necessarily of like the exact thing that's happening right and like uh, and yeah I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of games also, you know, since the get player's gonna play a lot, the music loops a lot, so they need like the the composers need to think about, you know, how is the song going to loop and like you know, how is the player not going to go insane listening to this <laughs> yeah. over and over again. <laughs> and and yeah, like yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like things like on how games are played that make composers like, you know, think really hard how they're you know, approach it very differently than other sorts of music, which I find really interesting.
1: Totally.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, that that made me wonder, um, they eventually figured out how to have the music react to what's going on, right? Like if mm-hmm. something happens in the game, some kind of music, like if the I guess if the boss shows up or if some sort of uh enemy or something shows up
2: Yeah, I guess like the original Mario is like the first game that had music and I think it's a good example because when your time is running out, like the song just plays like twice as fast. So it gives you all this stress that level is going through. (laughs) Like your time is running out and you need to finish really fast. And yeah, like a lot of games too, like they play the same song, but when you jump underwater, the song kind of like gets muffled out and like plays like... Like, tries mm-hmm. to emulate this underwater effect. And, and yeah, I don't know, like, some of those seem, like, very interesting to... I don't know how they implement them in the game. Because, like, you know, how can you swap a track immediately would be pretty jarring, right? So,
3: mm-hmm. like,
2: some of, even some of those things seem, like, yeah, they need to take into account how, is it, how it's going to be implemented in the development side of things to make sure that it doesn't sound jarring, so...
1: absolutely yeah that's a good point yeah and I I like that you bring up the fact that you know usually these songs especially in the older games are just played on loop for the entirety of the whole level so yeah like uh, that's a big hurdle for a composer to be like what song can someone listen to (laughs) for like a solid two hours while they repeatedly fail over and over and get super pissed off but still like the song (laughs)
2: Yeah, I don't know how they do it (laughs) (laughs)
1: totally yeah and just quickly before we get into um you know the logistics and different games and stuff one thing i thought was super interesting was just realizing too now how much of a culture there is for video game music fanaticism you know like looking up for this podcast i mean there's entire podcasts dedicated just to vgm and like and also in, in vinyl too i mean there's it's like very um I don't know it's like become such a collector's item as well like I, I work at a record store and it's i mean they're so expensive when you come buy them you know
2: yeah a lot of the stuff you need to import from japan like well from mm-hmm. the japanese or I, I think there's this like label called hey mondo and on i don't remember the name something hey mondo is an insurance company i'm sorry but this, like <laughs> this i remember they were like reissuing like game soundtracks in vinyl So it's definitely picking up.
0: Yeah. I actually, I had a friend in, at the beginning of high school. And at that point I was just, I was really getting into music and playing the guitar and stuff. And so like I had this new friend and I was like, oh, cool. What kind of music do you listen to? And he said, I I only listen to video game music. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.
1: Hardcore.
0: Like had never like bought a CD or a tape (laughs) or anything (laughs) of like any other kind of music.
1: That's hardcore. It's crazy to me. But also, but, yeah, for so yeah. many people, it was like a way to get into music. Like, I feel like the first soundtracks I remember hearing as a kid were, you know, from, yeah, Mario from the original Nintendo or Castlevania and, you know, mm-hmm. like all those games. Like, if now that I think about it, that's probably my introduction into music, too.
0: Yeah. And also the fact that, like, people that never even played Mario still know the Mario mm-hmm. theme song. yeah. It's just universal.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the a brief history, because um, as you mentioned, too, there's a lot of hardware limitations that affected the way VGM has evolved over the years. So, yeah, we have this quick little timeline. I mean, obviously, this stuff goes so in-depth Um the very first electronic game came in 1947 and I love the name of it because it was literally just called cathode ray tube amusement device, which
0: that sounds, yeah, fun.
1: sounds so fun. I like that. I mm-hmm. wish more things were just called amusement devices. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so literal, you know? Yeah. Like, and it wasn't until like 30 years later, 1971, that we see the first games with sound. So we have Atari, um, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Computer Space was the first game with sound, but Pong is really known to be the first one in 1972 that kind of had, I don't know, really kind of set the bar. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, I learned that initially it didn't have sound, um, but, yeah, the designer just ended up using amplified uh, speaker ground wires and just plugging them into a board, which if you go to a lot of noise shows, that's literally kind of what it is, you know? <laughs>
0: It's just stayed the same.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So people might call it primitive. Other people might call it, you know, an amazing noise set. <laughs> Art is very subjective that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I uh, seg- side note, I literally did go to a noise show once where the entire set someone was just plugging in a wire into it. It was <laughs> the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Um, nice. <laughs>
0: It's too bad they couldn't capitalize on that somehow like Atari. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine line, really. Yeah, and then so about five years later with the uh, the game Gunfight on um, Taisho. I don't even know that console. Is that how you say it? Do you guys know?
2: Mm, I thought it was a brand, like a company, not a console. Yeah.
1: Oh, really that know. probably makes sense, yeah. But yeah, that's the game that we first start to see actual music, like compositions and stuff mm-hmm. um and then two years later uh with space invaders that's the first time as you were mentioning where games are actually the music is actually interacting with the game um which i think is probably the biggest component of of vgm now to have an interactive sort of cinematic feel because um, with space invaders you know the closer they would get to you the faster the music goes mm-hmm And then, yeah, uh, 1980, Rally X, the first game to have music throughout the entire gameplay. Yeah, then in 1981, we have Vanguard, the first licensed video game soundtrack, and there we go. Brief history. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think relatively how new VGM is, you know? Like, even though technically we've had sound since the 70s, it only really became music, you know, and, and not too distant history, you know? Yeah.
2: Like 30-ish years. Mm-hmm. No, it's like 40-ish. 40-ish. I don't even know what year we're on anymore.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still say that the 70s were 30 years ago, but I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I guess that actually kind of was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Noah, if you want to talk a mm-hmm. bit about... I guess, we, yeah, 8-bit is usually a good starting point for this kind of stuff. So, talking about... First and second generation music, yeah, like the sound chips and how how apic music works.
2: Yeah, so so yeah, the things changed when the like the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System launched. That was you know like the first like console that had a sound chip, so like they could actually compose music with you know melodies and beats and like you know have a pretty robust way to do it. And yeah, it's just really interesting, like the. The chip only has, like, five channels. And, like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like one of them is called the triangle wave. and Another one, like, there's, like... Yeah, like, some beat channels. But basically, like, it's very limited. You only have, like, five kinds of sounds. And you can, like, pitch them differently. But that's basically it. So I think it's also, like, a good strategy to, like, save on memory. Because, like, the... Yeah, just, like, write the music sheet, let's say. And then you let the hardware run it. Because the... Yeah, I was just looking up like how much memory a NES cartridge had, and it says like on average it was like between one hundred and twenty-eight and three hundred eighty-four kilobytes. So,
1: <laughs> oh my god! Not nice. a lot.
2: That's crazy. <laughs> so, so I think the, the the sound chip also has a sample channel, but that's probably pretty like storing a sample on the cartridge probably takes up a lot of memory, so it doesn't seem like something you can like do liberally. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now I know the channels. It's like two pulse waves, the triangle Mm -hmm. wave, the noise channel, which is also used for sound effects because I think the sound chip is also used for sound effects. So sometimes the noise channel is just like for noises, like when you get hit or like when someone gets hit or when you damage an enemy or stuff like that. So Mm
3: -hmm.
2: the sounds of the game play from the same place as the music. So you also got to take that into account, like when you're using it, uh, to play stuff and, and yeah, like, I think, yeah, the interesting thing is seeing how across generations this has changed, like as the power of like computing power has like evolved and, mm-hmm. and even like through time, like, I guess we can listen to like two songs on like, I'm gonna, like, we can listen like 10 seconds of each or something, but like, Perfect, yeah. Yeah, the first one is just like a Mario track that's like pretty simple, pretty jolly. And then you have a Castlevania track that's a banger.
3: That's
2: nice. <laughs> you can see even how the composers yeah. figure out how to like do more complex stuff on the on the hardware.
1: Okay. So, um so what is this this first clip is so Super Mario 3 NES.
2: Yeah, that's Koji Kondo. <laughs> is the triangle wave like and like the melody is like the two pulse channels Mm -hmm. the drum sounded kind of realistic so i don't know if that was a sample
1: (laughs) oh yeah maybe (laughs) yeah it's it is very like compartmentalized as they say you know it's just like it's not like the sounds are really like uh you know meshing together it's like this is the drum beat this is the this beat you know Mm -hmm. um But it's interesting, too, with that that sample, how you can tell they're still kind of influenced by certain genres, you know, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: which is really interesting to try and go for a genre type of sound with such limitations, because it's almost kind of reggae (laughs) a little bit, you know? Yeah, (laughs) keep
2: it chill. This is a first level song, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Gotta keep it chill. And then do you want to introduce this clip?
2: Yeah, so this is Matt Forrest from Castlevania 3. And actually, this is the Japanese version. So the console was called the Famicom there. And I don't know, I don't remember why, but like the sound quality of the Japanese console was way better. So like the soundtrack of this game sounds nice. better on on the and yeah, it's like three composers: Yoshinori, Sasaki, Jun unahashi and yuki morimoto sorry for butchering your names guys
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> cool let's hear this clip nice
2: nice yeah this song is really good <laughs>
1: It is really good. But... Castlevania has always been my favorite as as far as games, because I used to play that on yeah original Nintendo. But all of them, they you know, they kind of carried the three the theme throughout the games, but changed it over the years too.
2: Yeah, and I don't know, they always like they try to capture this like spooky gothic kind of like vibe, but also it's like very funky at the same time. Like I don't know, like tries... <laughs> Right. If it's too spooky, you won't get pumped up for the action. Yeah, so. it's got to be
0: fun stuff.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. More goth music should also be funky. That's that's what my takeaway is. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Bat House needed more funky bass. <laughs> I will let.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could uh, explain eight bit a little bit more. Yeah, that would be cool. Great. Um, yeah, because I kind of looked into it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, just for anybody that's wondering exactly what 8 bit refers to, it's, um, it's basically like the resolution of the sound. And since, uh, like we were saying, that the, um, the capacity of the game console is, is like very limited, it can only hold so much information in there. They had to figure out a way to have music that occupies the least possible amount of space. And so 8 bit the name just refers to each sample of the sound. Uh, it has a depth of eight bits. And uh, and on our computers now, we usually deal with kilobytes and uh, megabytes mm-hmm. and gigabytes and stuff. So this is only eight tiny bits. And I, and I think there's a difference between bits and bytes too. And you can hear it too in the music that it sounds like the way that An image with very few pixels looks you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. that's probably and so to put it into perspective also uh cds have a bit depth of 16 bits on a cd and then dvd audio and blu-ray audio uses 24 bits wow totally Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Yeah, then I wonder, like, because then Super Nintendo is 16-bit console and Nintendo 64 is 64-bit, so probably the music is not, like, 64-bit because that would be better than Blu-ray. Oh, right, yeah. That
0: must <laughs> yeah. refer to something else.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think it's, like, the graphics.
0: Yeah. Thing, like. mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Yeah, thank you. That. Yeah, I like thinking about it in terms of, like, the image, too. Like, yeah, that many pixels would kind of make that sort of sound like an an easy way to digest
0: uh, it that little uh documentary thing on youtube the rise of vgm The the woman uh from japan who was one of the composers for one of the companies she was showing like on graph paper she would graph out the waveforms so she would like take a pencil and draw on the graph paper, what the waveform would actually look like. And it just is like very blocky looking and she would map it out. And that cool. would be what the, whoever made the chips mm-hmm. would, they would use that as like the template for however they design the, the sound.
1: Interesting. Nice. It's like really some like synth nerd
0: stuff. Yeah, really. you know? yeah. <laughs> One of, one of the guys was saying that he actually, in addition to making the melodies and stuff, he would actually make, the chips and then a different company hired him and he didn't have to make the chips anymore. And he was like, Oh, cool. I can just like be a songwriter again, not have to like do crazy chip building.
1: Yeah. And yeah, quickly before we get into the um, composers and stuff, it it reminds me too, in this other Mm -hmm. documentary I watched, they talk about, um, so 1983, there was this new like synth keyboard called the DX seven, which allowed for FM synthesis. um, And yeah, it's like you. It was used in like Sega Genesis arcade games, but I also thought it was cool that it was like also in every top song in the '80s. They use the DX7. Nice. You know, it's like this just ultra '80s wow. synth synth stuff. You mm-hmm. know, so everything from like the the chart toppers to video game music. You know, we all we all owe it to the synth nerds. <laughs> I think
0: that's also worth mentioning and remembering is that when the Video game companies were approaching the music side of things. They were using the absolute best technology that they had. They weren't trying to like make it sound shitty or anything. They were like using the absolute (laughs) best keyboards and everything.
1: Totally. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, Um, yeah, so, Noe, who are some of your other favorite uh, composers from this, like, first and second generation here? Yeah,
2: so I really like, you know, like, Koji Kondo is, like, the classic. He made, like, Zelda music and Mario, so he's the most iconic. Mm -hmm. And Kenji Yamamoto, he made, like, Metroid music. uh, And he made on, like, they've been composing, like, forever, right? So it's, like, also the modern stuff they do. That's really cool. So it's also interesting to see their development and this one i didn't know about i looked him up but his name is hirokazu tanaka he is like a house composer for nintendo he so he was mm-hmm. just composing the music for all of these like games that had no composer like especially because i guess that nintendo had like the golf game and the soccer game and like you know a lot of like mm-hmm. maybe totally. games that nintendo was pulling out to you know like just test out the console so
1: interesting
2: he pr- that that person probably has made like an insane amount of soundtracks. <laughs> yeah.
0: I bet, yeah. Yeah that that was the guy that had to uh, build the chips from the ground up. Before, yeah, before um, I think before that's right. Nintendo hired him.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah, so he's a pioneer too.
1: Yeah, that's a, a good an an interesting point too that you bring up when you know they come out with so many games that don't have, uh, you know, original soundtracks that they had to hire like a house composer. Because I also think of some other games I played on Nintendo as a kid that came from TV. You know, I had like a Sesame Street game and like a Bart Simpson versus the world game. But when I think about it, those didn't use actually songs like from the Simpsons or Ses- like they weren't mm-hmm. trying to emulate those songs. Because I also think maybe there was some copyright issues. So they, I wonder, I'm curious now, if he also did a lot of those type of games
2: yeah i have no idea i'm curious because i guess like some studios are made sorry some games are made by outside studios and Mm -hmm. that's more common now but like in the past probably like a lot of games were just made by the game company and especially nintendo i think nintendo is one of the few that like you know still makes their own games like most companies now just commission like big studios to mm. make the games for them
1: mm, interesting that makes sense
2: yeah yeah and then like jumping to like the second generation some like composers i really like are like uh nobuo uematsu he made like final fantasy soundtracks and that guy you know he didn't have any musical training and he was writing like almost like back level shit i don't know how he did it
3: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah can we actually play a clip um yeah that song that you put... Uh, was it this one, the Final Fantasy VI? Is that him? Yeah,
2: I can put send you the link. I was preparing it, actually, because I love this song. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I put a timestamp on like the organ part I like, but like... <laughs>
1: That really is some Bach level shit
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about uh I know that like the super early composers, yeah, none of them um performed any of the stuff that's actually on the game, it's all programmed into the computer, then the computer performs it essentially, mm-hmm. but are there any of the second generation that actually performs the the pieces, or are they still computer performed?
2: I know of one of them. His name is Josu Koshiro. I don't remember the name exactly? But I think it's Josu Koshiro. He he did like Streets of Rage for Sega Genesis. We could also listen to that mm-hmm. just to see so, like hear how sure. you know Sega totally, Genesis yeah. sounds different. But like I saw like a video on YouTube like from like some years ago where he was like playing like a club or something <laughs> because this is more like yeah. house music like like pre-dance
1: <laughs> hell yeah cool so this is from streets of rage 2 on uh sega genesis huh yeah cool in 1992 <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: nice
1: that's sick
2: yeah so I would go to a rave where he plays <laughs> <would go>. definitely
1: <laughs> oh man a VGM rave that would be
0: so sick <laughs> you're just trapped in a video game for like three hours
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah and this game is just about like you know going in the street and beating the shit out of thugs. it's
1: pretty badass <laughs> hell yeah <laughs>
2: And, like, one last couple, well, I will two last composers I'd like to share is like David Weiss. He did the music for Donkey Kong Country. And, like, that music is, like, amazing. It's almost like sometimes, like, ambient music. And it's just, like, really gorgeous. You know, it has, like, a beat to it. But, like, yeah, I don't know how he, he carries, like, really mellow melodies. And Michiru Yamane is, like, the composer for, like, like more of the subsequent Castlevania games because the NES ones were done by, by someone different. But she's been doing like the music uh since on. Like on PlayStation One, she did Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is like an amazing soundtrack.
1: Yeah, um, da- is David Wise the guy who did Donkey Kong Country? Is he American?
2: Mm, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. That game was made by Rare Studios, which is an American, uh, English video game composer. Oh. But then Rare Studios, I forget if it's United States or England. But but yeah, it's not Japanese.
1: Interesting. It makes me think because I listened to one of those um, clips. Yeah, if it, you can drop a link too. But because um, we recently mm-hmm. did a blog, a playlist for uh, music to play to your plants, and you and you put that link in there. I listened to it, and it's really interesting that um, that it's an English composer that made that because it is very reminiscent of, like, 70s Japanese minimal, um, mm-hmm. very nature type of, like, ambient music, basically.
2: Yeah, I can drop the link for that one. Cool. Another one of the game classics. Yes. <laughs> and it's also... It's played on the most brutal levels of the game, so it's like really weird. <laughs> like you're dying, but you're really happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, okay, so this is the Stickerbush Symphony.
2: Is that from? It's a good question. Let me see. It's Donkey Kong Country Two. Someone in this the c- from the nineties. But-
1: yeah, someone in the comment put 38 years old.
2: Ninety ninety five.
1: Oh yeah, that's not 38 years old. Okay.
2: <laughs> when I was when I was one year old. Yeah,
0: it sounded yeah, it sounded nineties. So <laughs> that's cool. Nice,
1: beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah, I guess like after those generations, like I guess Nintendo 64 and PlayStation One had even better sound, but like from there, like things like the limitations were almost gone by that point. And like when we got to like PlayStation Two and Xbox, I think by that point you could play whatever you want. And then mm-hmm. we ended up with like licensed soundtracks. Yeah. It's the other topic we want to
0: talk about. Right. You know what console I had in addition to those that nobody else seemed to ever have was um, Sega Saturn. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't have Sega Genesis. (laughs) It was just Sega Saturn, and then we got PlayStation 1.
1: I don't even know about Sega Saturn.
0: It was Sega's uh, first disc game, where you, you put discs in. And I think it took cartridges, too. But I don't think we had any cartridge games.
2: Wild. Yeah, but I think it was pretty advanced console like Yeah. Like
0: I remember it being pretty cool. What
1: what um, games were what games did you play on that?
0: I think that's um the one we played Road Rash on. I could be wrong about that. Um, nice. but yeah, Road Rash was awesome. I'll I'll talk about that one a little bit more later. But but yeah, that was cool. I mean that's where the licensed uh music started coming into my Game world, totally,
1: yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, PlayStation One is really where I my my peak of VGM. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I played a lot, a lot. Well, it's funny because I mentioned this to you guys when uh, we were chatting earlier, and neither of you remember this. But uh, for people listening, back in the back in the nineties, um, potentially early two thousands, there used to be sample video games like everywhere like you would go to like pizza hut it'd come with your pizza yeah yeah demos um so i've played so many games but basically just the same level um over and over and over again so yeah like you know parappa the rapper which is all about music um you know we're starting to get hip-hop into vgm but i really actually only know like two songs cuz those are the only two, <laughs> two levels <laughs> i i got um in the demos <laughs> nice um but yeah at, at this point like you said you know there's like very little limitations and we're seeing yeah complexity in the music uh more influence of genres and especially of the time like the die hard soundtrack i played that a lot um you definitely see a lot of the 90s electronic right. music influence there you know you, of like jungle drum and bass kind of electronic stuff
2: yeah yeah and it's really interesting to see just how you know i guess the limitations you know people say that limitations like boost your creativity so it's just like an interesting thing to think about like when possibilities start becoming limitless like Mm -hmm. how people start composing because if you get to like the newer stuff like they just hire an orchestra and like they play the music (laughs) for the game like it's crazy it's just like a
0: movie Mm-hmm.
2: yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of games are trying to be like movies which is a beef i have with like the current trends but that's just my opinion mm, what <laughs> right. what
1: makes you uh not like that trend
2: uh i don't know like i feel games have like their own ways to tell stories like like through your gameplay and like your decisions so if you just make a game have like a movie kind of thing like they pull off cut scenes and videos on the game mm-hmm. and like it's kind of like very linear so i feel like it's kind of like not exploring the potential of like games for telling stories i know like movie like games are still pretty cool i like them a lot but
0: mm-hmm. i think totally. that some games um have both going on well i'm thinking of mm-hmm. uh, gta where you can follow the plot but then you can also just steal a car and do whatever you want mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah and then you make up your own story, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So sometimes, like, I like that way better, like, just going on a random adventure. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it is with Sims, but that's a whole, like, Sims could be its own podcast. And I feel like that was more PC anyway.
0: That's what kinda... kind of music did Sims have?
1: Oh, so good. Um, Kind of, like, like, really beautiful elevator music type yes. of stuff. Well cuz especially there's not really music when you're in uh like in the gameplay. It's mostly when you're in like buy mode or build mode. Um so it's kind of yeah, just the like, music that when you're building your house and and putting it together.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: But what's interesting actually is that uh so you can buy a radio in Sims and uh throughout the games, it's gotten more and more complex the type of music you can play on your radio and usually it was just kind of like the sims themes um but now they've actually in like the newest ones they've hired celebrities to do sim versions of their songs and there is a fantastic video of katy perry um <laughs> like singing her song in the simlish language and my <laughs> what?
0: there's a language
1: oh yeah they have their they have their own language the simlish language um i was not aware but, like, my favorite comment on that video is, like, you know, me when the weed, when I don't think the weed brownie hits, it's like, me, this weed brownie's not hitting me three hours later. And it's like the video of Katy Perry going, like, <laughs> 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 it's so good. Yeah, and yeah, like, there. Flock of Seagulls has a simlish version of their hit. It's very strange.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow! Cool. <laughs> yeah, I was not aware. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to get into that me later neither. after this.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess we can play a few examples of PS1, uh, soundtrack. So let me see. Yeah. Here's here's some Die Hard trilogy. C- kind of reminds me of the what was it road no what was the one that you we we just played that you said he was a he like composed it himself
2: uh, oh, Street uh of Rage. You saw yeah Streets of Rage. yeah totally there's like i don't know like mario 64 is always cool we gotta do mortal kombat oh yeah oh uh, yeah i'll let you guys pick some tracks
0: yeah
1: totally um which one do you want to hear mike
0: i want to hear mortal kombat for sure
1: cool my, my like, last searched is uh, <laughs> from the movie. That line, oh, <laughs> man. Also, did you guys watch the newest Mortal Kombat movie? Nah. It sucks. Oh. But that's oh. Oh. a whole tangent. <laughs> it made me so mad. I didn't even finish it because I was so mad. It sucked. Uh,
0: so I mean, the bar is set pretty high.
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, it, at least like the first movies were so bad that it was good, but this one was just bad and not in, in a fun way, you know?
2: Yeah, like movies nowadays need to take themselves super seriously. Totally. Mm-hmm. There's no camp. Exactly.
1: Anymore. And Mortal Kombat is all camp, you know? Like, look at the characters. <laughs> um, so here's the original theme song. This looks like for PS1 because it's 1992. want to beat people up while you listen to that you
0: know exactly. <laughs> just do, just mash the buttons and do a repetitive kick like a hundred times
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like... that's how i played when i went to the arcades as a kid i would just like put like extend my hand and extend my fingers as far as possible and just mash all oh, the yeah. together I, it's that's still the best be. technique
1: <laughs> it's tried and true you know <laughs>
0: Smash the buttons as fast. As I, can. I feel like I saw a video recently of a, of some guy that set the world record for the fastest clicking of one button. Like he got like sixteen <laughs> clicks in one second or something ridiculous.
1: Hell yeah, that's Jesus amazing. Christ. It's yeah. also interesting to think about this time being like the the emergence of. Christian parents saying that video games are the reason kids are so violent in their school shootings and stuff, mm. and also yeah. you know the soundtracks at the same time are like increasingly intense, and you have these samples with you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first Mortal Kombat game is the one that made like you know that games now have like ratings you know mm-hmm. E for Everyone T for Teen. Yeah. That's the game that kicked off the need for a rating system.
0: And me, of so. course, it just makes everything that the parents try to do to make it sound dangerous and like this is bad, just makes the kids wanna play it a hundred times more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is so <laughs> cool. I
2: want to decapitate. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: when I hear the Mortal Kombat song, it's like, I totally wanna throw a fireball at somebody, you know? Right. <laughs> Amazing the what music can make you do. So, if I may play a little bit of Parappa the Rapper, <laughs> uh, Mike, have you ever seen this game?
0: Yeah, that was like when I started playing guitar. So, like, I really didn't like that game because my my brother would play it, and I would just and I would think like, why don't you just play real music? But go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a kind of a fun example to just of genre stuff, you know, because we mostly have electronic music. But we're starting to get a little hip hop, a little reggae in here, um, and a game that's devoted to music. God, the animation
0: know? is so good in that game.
1: It's amazing, <laughs> and also yeah. how his master is like a stinky onion. Yes, yeah. love it. <laughs>
0: and
2: they're like, too, they're like right. yeah, it's such two a unique game for
0: some reason. But they like exaggerate it.
1: Totally. Yeah, looks like they're made out of like paper.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Cool, so here's a little bit of the Chop Chop Master Onion.
2: Kick, punch, it's all in the mind. If you want to test me, I'll do your find The things I'll teach you, sure to beat you up. Nevertheless, you get a lesson from Teacher now. Kick, kick,
3: yeah, punch. What punch, Chop, 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 chop. Lock. Lock. One
0: I think yeah, so you kind of get it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you had um, different buttons for kick and punch and stuff,
1: totally yeah, yeah. Um, nice. so yeah, kind of like like rock band kind of stuff, which is also cool to see the beginning of these type mm-hmm. of music related games and how advanced in different genres. Uh, there's a, a Japanese arcade here in Tucson that has this game that's a similar thing that you know you're trying to press a button on on the note, but it's like a full DJ setup. Um oh. and you're like okay. scratching and like it's so sick.
0: Cool. Did you guys, wow. did you guys ever get that. into uh Dance Dance Revolution?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about.
0: Yeah. Totally from That was that was pretty fun.
2: Major Yeah, it was like really lame and really boring, so I was like, nah, dancing is for like people that are cool and not cool. <laughs> nah I would do it. Like Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah,
0: I was I was thinking I was, the same thing, really like, fun. oh this game is so lame. I'm gonna play it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, do either of you two have uh, any other songs you want to share before we get into licensed stuff?
2: There's like Zelda or Mario ones or Nintendo 64 really good or like another game from that era is like industrial music like Quake. That's a PC game, but the oh, music yeah. was made by Nine Inch Nails Whoa. actually.
1: Whoa, really? What What a yeah. console was that for?
2: PC, oh. but it's around the same time. Wild. Yeah, I didn't know because like even in this video it doesn't say. I don't know if it's nine inch nails or just Trent Reznor. Oh yeah, it's just Trent Reznor. Oh
1: yeah, Grammy award it's not winning fan. Okay. I can't believe I never heard of that before.
2: Wow. Yeah, it took me a while to find out too, because I was like trying to play the old school shooter. So I played Doom, which is like super campy and stupid and metal. And Quake tried to be like more edgy and dark and stuff. And then it's like, oh, wait, this music is made by the guy from Nine Inch Nails. Makes sense. Far
1: out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool.
1: Yeah, this YouTube comment is interesting that says, Originally, there was no soundtrack planned for the development for Quake, but Trent Reznor originally bought brought onto the project for environmental sounds and ambient, insisted that he be allowed to create a whole soundtrack. So Carmack and Romero, who I assume made the game, had no objection to the idea and let Trent create this masterpiece. Far out. I, I like these happy accidents, wow. you know.
0: Um, so I just looked up, um, a list of Sega Saturn games and I can't remember, actually no, I can kind of remember what it sounded like. I don't know if it's that great of an example of, of good nineties Sega music, but Daytona USA, I remember we had that.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. And, um, I do remember that.
0: And I remember we, my brother and I would always look up like the weird, um, cheats and stuff and, like, weird codes that you could put in, and we figured out how to race, change your car, and do the race as a horse, and we loved that so We were just, like, going, like, 200 <laughs> miles an hour as a horse th- through the- <laughs>
2: on the track. That's so
1: good. I miss when you'd have to get cheats through, like, user manual, you know, you'd have to, like, purchase a book for
2: yeah. secret moves. Oh, yeah, but that's another thing about old games, like... You only found out about the secrets, like, through magazines or, like, from your friends. I missed that. Totally.
1: Yeah, it kind of blew my mind when I played the newer version of Mortal Kombat for the first time. And it's, like, everything's on the menu, you know? Like, you just hit the menu and it shows you all the fatalities. Like, you can't flex anymore to be, like, oh, watch this, you know? Um. Here's a live video. I'm curious yeah. of from the Daytona USA. Let's uh, let's see what happens when
2: Yeah, there's a guy singing on the video. That could be good.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go away from Daytona USA. <laughs> 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 Yes Oh he's having a blast
0: That's the sign
2: Wow Wow. It's like also really interesting to see Like I feel like Nintendo Still played like a lot of like you know More video gaming music they went on the same thing Mm Mm-hmm For most of her music, but it feels like all the other consoles went more like, you know, dance or rock or...
0: Yeah, yeah, electronic.
1: Totally. Yeah. That's a good point. There's definitely that departure there of like classic what people expect of like video game music and then more just regular music music.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just put one last song so we can give some Nintendo 64 representation. Totally. And then we got the generation this one sounds more like like in the previous sections like the previous generations this is from Zelda Majora's Mask Cool. Astral Observatory Um, same guy Koji Kondo
1: what year is this you think
2: 90 94 or 5 it's not like sorry a bit older 97 maybe
1: nice okay I
2: don't know let's hear it Wait, I, I found now it's 2000.
1: Oh, oh interesting.
2: interesting. So it's one of the later I Nintendo
1: mean, 64 games. I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love the like classical music influence on so many of these games.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I noticed listening to a lot of these songs that I really like how when they hit a note and then they hit another note, the next note that they hit cancels out the first note, so everything is like very. Uh, one at a time, which is like mm. everything. Like
2: it's probably because the sound chip is playing. Exactly. Dry, yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: It's, so it keeps it really like super clean. There's no like mm-hmm. over, overlaps. No filthy
2: human error. Yeah. Exactly. Like per- yeah. perfection of machines. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: that's like the whole interesting side topic is just kind of like AI music and like computer generated music. Oh yeah. That like still kind of carries can carry human emotion, but without, I mean, there is a human behind it technically, but it's executed yeah. without. That's kind of like a whole weird thing to think about too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're making. It's beneficial or worse. Like definitely computer generated jazz. I don't know how good that would be. Yeah. Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> but it's interesting you say that. Cause there are like, you know, they, they're doing all these bots that, you know, you feed it a bunch of music and it analyzes it and it comes up. Like, there actually is recently a, an AI jazz album. And it's, oh, like, God. very mm-hmm. tricky, you know, because it just, like, learns music and kind of, you know, learns patterns and things and tries to improv it on its own. And it's getting, you know, they've done, been doing type of studies like this for so long, but it's kind of scary how good a lot of them are. There's, yeah. like, a... <laughs> They like have like an Amy Winehouse spot, you know. That's like make an Amy Winehouse song, and it's like, oh my god, this kind of sounds like a good Amy Winehouse song, but it's not.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, AI beats to chill and study too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can talk a little bit about licensed music soundtracks which, you know, late 90s were so huge um, mm-hmm. and so influential just on music culture, too.
0: Yeah, one, um, once they started pulling songs off the radio and putting it on the, on, onto the games.
2: The great music discovery tool. Exactly. It
1: really was. Um, and it's kind of interesting, too, how, like, the music would influence the game, which would then go on to influence the culture. It, like, kind of was a circle... Um, which, you know, especially for, like, the sports games, you know, like, Tony Hawk, um, all the, like, snowboarding games. Um, Road Rash. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Road Rash, yeah. Like, where music is so integral to the culture, you know, like, skate punk culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, like, what the characters in the game would listen to while they're doing the stuff, you know? True. While skateboarding around and while they're beating people with lead pipes on their motorcycles.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it makes way more sense for the game to have that kind of music, like more... It's trying to emulate, like, a real-world thing. Yeah, yeah. You, like, listen to real-world music, it's Mm hard.
0: Exactly. I wonder how much more expensive it it was once they started having to license it, because I bet that they tried really Mm -hmm. hard to not do that and to just have, like, cheap MIDI-sounding stuff for their crazy whatever punk rock game, and it just like <laughs>
2: <laughs> was a disaster. Totally. Yeah. It's probably really expensive. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I have no idea.
1: Crazy to think about the like how, you know, especially I mean throughout most of VGM, but especially at this point, like that the music has become inseparable to the game. You know, like when people to- talk about Tony Hawk Pro Skater usually the first thing that comes up is the soundtrack, you know, Mm -hmm. and like how it influenced you as a kid. Uh, Like, you know, for me, that's the first time I ever heard Motorhead. Um, Nice.
0: Primus. I'm looking at the soundtrack right now. Mm -hmm. Primus, Dead Kennedys, some band called the Ernie's. Never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) Suicidal Tendencies, Um, uh, The Vandals, I've heard of them.
1: Yeah, and also I'm sure too for like a lot of these bands to kind of re-emerge in popularity again, you know, like, a lot of the 80s punk stuff to be coming up again in, like, 90s skate culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is still pre-internet, so before kids could just, like, look up a Vandal song, so a lot of times it's, like, you would play a game because you kind of want to just hear us the soundtrack, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking up, like, the GTA radio music, oh, too. Yeah. and That one's so diverse, like... Because it had the radio stations, so Yeah, it... and you
0: could change the station While you, after you steal a car. You're like, oh, this is a great car. I just stole, like, let's see what's on the radio. Just driving down the street, mowing people down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just um, running over police officers. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like GTA, It's like kind of reminds me of The Sims again, where you hear music when you turn on, like, a radio station and how it just got more and more advanced over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, too, this newer artist that I like, it's almost like a frame for you've made it big. She was like, oh, my new single, she's a new artist. She's like, oh, my new single is going to be in the next GTA game. So it's like, whoa. That's like, now, not only is it just, you know, something you listen to while you play, but it's also like a promotional technique for artists to be like, how do I get (laughs) my song on GTA? It's almost like it's as important as a real radio station, you know?
0: yeah hopefully i wonder what kind of deals the artists work out too. like if it's like a one-time thing or if it's like every copy of the game sold you get a percentage yeah i wonder
2: yeah i have no idea i hope there are good deals for them like modern video games is like multi-billion dollar mm-hmm. industry now they're new video games are like so expensive to make it totally insane. i think the latest one like the latest big one was the most hyped game of all time, like Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. That one also has like radio stations and stuff, and they commissioned like you know, a lot of like I know like more unknown artists, but also like some popular ones too. It had like like death metal in the radio and like nice. techno and like some some cool. good stuff. Because then
0: at that point you're like uh letting the the player decide what the soundtrack is kind of mm. mm-hmm. totally
2: yeah and since it's like an open world game where you do whatever you want then giving more freedom to even listen to what you want
1: totally um were either of you ever big into guitar hero or rock band
2: oh yeah <laughs> i was not big but you know i couldn't i couldn't beat the game on hard. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally Yeah, and it's also interesting how Guitar Hero, again, you know, it becomes a promotional thing because, yeah, then there became Guitar Hero Aerosmith, like, you know, like Guitar Hero Metallica, (laughs) like, which I don't know who wants to listen to that much um, Aerosmith, but that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Do you, I guess?
2: (laughs) Oh, right, right. But the interesting thing, for example, like Guitar Hero 3, you know, like Through the Fire and Flames with Dragon Force... That's like the most difficult song in the game. So like people brag about it. And I think it got huge thanks to the game. Totally,
1: yes. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at the soundtrack now. Yeah, and I feel like there also became like a repetition thing where songs that I would normally hate because I associated it with playing with the game and I listened to it over and over and over again. I was like, okay, this song's pretty fun. (laughs) Like like Miss Murder by AFI. (laughs) that was the era when AFI really became a whole different band and, like, wasn't skate punk anymore, you know? It's just funny because they were, like, the skate punk stuff and, like, the original Tony Hawks. And then they started coming out with, like, songs like Miss Murder, which was not good, but it was the most fun song to play, so I guess I kind of like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a survival tactic otherwise. Even yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, And kind of interesting to compare these... You know where it's like commercially successful songs for things like Rock Band and Guitar Hero, whereas you know GTA really kind of paved a way. It seems like for more underground mm-hmm. artists to be involved in video games.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's always good.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it feels like Guitar Hero. Like now, that I look at it. It's just like you know all the classic rock and classic like heavy metal mm-hmm. hits. So. No one needs to be introduced to this really. Well, if you're like really young probably yeah, but at some point yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Probably makes sense for that game to have like the big hits because I feel like in that game you wanna feel like a guitar god, you know, like (laughs) like playing playing ripping (laughs) the classics, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then also with the license stuff we have games about artists or like you know artists putting out their own games which again is interesting as a form of its own promotional thing Mm -hmm. which earliest one actually uh, as far as i know actually dates back to 1982 the band journey came out with their own video game called journey escape
0: yeah which is (laughs) to promote a tour is what i heard imagine (laughs) doing that to promote a tour
2: (laughs) that's crazy that'd be
1: sick Mike, you are been mute Swan, you guys should make an entire music video just to promote like an Arizona tour or something.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> you mean an
0: entire video game? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: What would a shoegaze or like yeah, like a gaze video game be like?
0: Just uh it'd be like a um, a vacuum cleaner that you have to like ride around. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's like dust everywhere and you're on a vacuum cleaner and you got to like <laughs> <laughs> Try and clear the way, clear clean the house before I don't know. Before you get kicked yeah. out of your squat. <laughs> yeah. There was a game, uh was the first video game I ever played um at school. It was like on those really old computers um and it was called Gertrude's secret and Gertrude was a swan and you had to take Gertrude through these like two-dimensional mazes and she would like eventually find the treasure so it could be something <laughs> like go. that
1: yeah but since your band is mute swan maybe it would have to be like muted and actually there would be no music at all That's
0: a good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah so i guess uh quickly a few other artists that came out with their own games we have um brutal legend which is jack black's game which is kind of different because you're not playing like jack black he's kind of more like a rocker that you're going through the legends yeah. um yeah you have michael jackson's moonwalker for sega genesis which was it's always so funny too because think about the millions of people that probably bought this game because they loved michael jackson at the time and then you play the game and it's Horrible,
2: shitty media. Yeah, music. like yeah, and it was really weird. You were saving kids. Oh
1: well. my god! Like, yeah, I didn't even think Boy. of that. Oh, geez. That game did not age well.
3: <laughs> I have to edit that part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> man, yeah, that's that's a good point. But yeah, like the whole game was like yeah, just jumping. Like you, the only controls was like left, right, up, down. You know, um, man, wow, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> 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 but yeah, apparently Blues Brothers had a game, Judas Priest, Road to Valhalla, you got a Def Jam game.
2: Um Yeah, that one's fun. It's like a fighting game, Def Jam Vendetta and you're like fighting like buffed up guys and like <laughs> nice.
1: far out. I never played that. Which one what what was that on?
2: PS2, I think. I played it at a friend's house, like I didn't like very recently. I didn't like get to play it before. It was nice. pretty fun. and I remember now the Brutal Legend game. Like it has Aussie Osborne on it. Like it has like so many like references uh, to like heavy metal, and like the soundtrack is just like you know Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, etc. So it's like love leather to that's metal. That's so fun kind of game.
1: Yeah, it makes sense that you know there'd be more metal. Like there's that there is such a subgenre of like metal video game music because mm-hmm. metal nerds and video game nerds are very it's a very close knit group.
2: Yes, I guess I'm... <laughs> <of people. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, the latest game now in that trend is, like, Doom, mm-hmm. which the old version was also very heavy metal, but, like, now they compose, like, a very, like, death metal, trash metal soundtrack for it, so you're just, like, like ripping demons apart while you're, like, listening to the <laughs> last beats, so it's cool.
0: pretty
2: cool. Nice.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect use of a soundtrack because, you know, sometimes... You know, especially if I'm listening to like cold frostbitten black metal, but I'm like living in Arizona and it's like sunny and bright and I'm just cleaning my house. Yeah. It's like,
0: well, the the other thing, you know? I feel like the other connection is that a lot of metal bands provide a fantasy for you to be in. You know mm. what I mean? It's always, yeah, mm. it's always like, you know, Arctic Circle or like whatever monsters and like <laughs> fantasy metal. Yeah, there's a, that's a whole genre fantasy metal. Totally. And then the same with video games, they're providing a fantasy for you.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great point.
2: Mm. Yeah. I don't know if there's like any fantasy metal games. Probably there are. I know,
1: are. that's kind of, I think you just unearthed something there. You have like, <clears throat> like all these like sword and sorcery bands, like if Sirith Ungol had a video game, are you kidding me? I think, yeah. that be sick. I,
0: would you consider Dragon Force <clears throat> fantasy? No, it's probably melodic metal. Power, metal. Like yeah. power yeah. metal,
2: but I think power metal is like fantasy, very the fantasy, fantasy. metal yeah. Bands I
0: know are um, Rhapsody. I guess you could say Ice Earth.
2: Demo Borger, Is that?
1: They're kind of more like power, um. I mean they've say. they've changed they've they've kind of just become like hot topic metal at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: But that's yeah, like Lord of the Rings. Oh world. yeah,
0: like a Blind Guardian.
2: Yeah. Oh, then that's that's the one I was thinking yeah. about. I got confused. Yeah, they're really good.
0: Testament. Testament, well, they're thrash, but they they sing yeah. about um, fantasy topics.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, obviously from this chat, it's really amazing to see how far video game music has come in such a relatively short amount of time, you know? Like, um, to think about going from 8-bit to, like, fully orchestrated original soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see where where it'll go in another 30 years
0: yeah well i mean how will it connect with um virtual reality because that's going to be the next Mm -hmm. huge wave of video games and it's i i I feel like the trend for video game music it seems to me that it's more and more immersive which is why they try to go towards like the movie Mm -hmm. stuff it's like you're in it It's full stereo. A lot of gamers wear headphones and have special headphones just for gaming. And they always have a Mm -hmm. screen that's absolutely massive. So then the next Mm -hmm. logical step is uh, virtual reality. But I don't know how that would change the music. Maybe it would be like as you travel through the game, you can hear one sound receding behind you and you can hear like some new music coming up in front of you.
2: Yeah, that reminds me of a game that it's not that new, but it got like released for VR. So it kind of like makes me think about that. It's called Res, like R E C, and you're just like it's like very looks like a wireframe, like very like like polygonal computer like, and it's like a shooter game. But like every bullet you fire, and every time you hit an enemy, all of those are like sounds that play and like make the music while you're playing. It has like surround sound, so like recommend to play with headphones. And just thinking, yeah, like there's Mm. like a backing track, and then the bosses, like you attack them more, and the music gets more intense because you're attacking more. I know it's like
3: Mm. that
2: looks like a really cool VR Mm. game. So I imagine they could play with more like synesthetic things like that, where even like the gameplay creates music. Totally.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, overall, I think it's just interesting to just see that VGM is really taking more and more seriously over the years um as an actual genre of music, which is really cool because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's it's undeniable how influential it is on culture and vice versa, and bands being influenced by it, um you know, like Yellow Magic Orchestra. It was always very mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, inspired by arcade games and things like that. Um Yeah, so I guess Noah, what would what would you say for someone listening that they are curious in getting into video game music, like just the soundtracks? Where where would you tell someone to start or how would you recommend someone kind of just get into it?
2: Yeah, I don't know, like I guess Like, some of the artists' names we dropped are, like, a good place to start. But if not, like, I know sometimes I just look, like, you know, there's, like, Metroid relaxing music or, like, there's Mario Beach (laughs) music and then there's, like, playlists on YouTube that are really good. And sometimes, or, like, you know, just, like, looking for top 10 soundtracks from Super Nintendo or something. And, like, that's how I search. And then there's this, like, channel I follow on YouTube called Supra Darky. And he just uploads like weird VGM he likes or they like another gender, but like they upload so much like weird music from games I never played, but it's always good cool.
1: stuff. <laughs> I'll post a, a link to that too for people listening in the, uh, on the website with a podcast. Yeah. Um But yeah, any, any other closing thoughts, Mike or Noe?
0: No, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. I do I do wonder if I liked um, Road Rash so much more for the soundtrack. I wonder if, like, because I wasn't as into video games as my brother was, but that game I did like, and it had Soundgarden on it, and it had a bunch of other cool grunge artists, and I wonder if I was just purely playing it. And that same thing with GTA. Like, I wonder if I was just playing that purely to just, have, like, to do something. Because I do, like to have something to do with my eyes and my hands while I'm listening to music.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: It would Mm -hmm. almost be cool if there was a video game that was just like purely filler and there was nothing like really happening, but it was just kind of like, (laughs) you're just doing, you're just going along. Like there's not a real challenge to it while the soundtrack is the main focus of
2: everything. Yeah, there's some games they call walking simulators. They just like tell you a story and like... They have no challenge at all. Yeah, that, nice. that
1: kind of reminds me, too, how, like, Run the Jewels for their Record Store Day release, it was, like, a VR music video. Like, uh, it just came with, like, these, like, VR goggles. <clears throat> and you would... It was, like, a 3D experience wow. in their music video. So I think, too, cool. I'm sure we'll be, we'll be seeing that over the years, too, where it is kind of, like, things like that will happen, Mike, you know, where it's, like, music becomes the focus you know of of a game or like virtual reality and gaming is becoming a way to access or just a, a new way to absorb music you know like giving us a new right. sensory means to yeah to. like mm-hmm.
0: the instead of the music being the backdrop the interactive visual element is the backdrop
1: mhm totally
0: yeah wow oh. I like that <laughs> i want to see that future yes <laughs> Right on. All right. Another fabulous and informative episode <laughs> of the Melody Feed Podcast <laughs> uh, hosted by the Trial and Hour Collective. Please check out our blogs, playlists, and zines over at www.trialandhourcollective.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to our PayPal, the Melody Feed Podcast at gmail.com. Or find the link on the TNE website. And thank you, Noé, for being our guest on this episode.
2: Yay.
1: Thank you, Noé. Thanks
2: for having me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It
1: was. Yeah. Thank you for all your knowledge and um, yeah for hanging out with us.
0: Your expert opinions. Hell yeah!
2: <laughs> Always happy to nerd out. <laughs> cool. All
0: right. Well. Um, yeah. We'll see everybody listening next time. On the Nice. First try. <laughs>